The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You can not only learn from your mistakes, you can celebrate them. They define who you are and serve as a learning tool to become your most beautiful self ever. Welcome to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting, with your host, Jim Stacy. Jim is the author of 11 books and is here to help you experience the power of the divine deep within yourself. It's inside you. You just have to know where and how to look for it. Now, here is Jim Stacy. And welcome again to another edition of Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting. Today, I have the privilege of coming to you from the studios of VoiceAmerica.com radio, talk radio, that is, in Phoenix, Arizona. I stopped by for a visit today and decided we'd record a show while I'm here. So, anyway, this show is designed to help people think, to go beyond religion, to understand what that is, and to learn that you have the power of choice. No one can choose for you. No one can ever say, this is a path, you have to walk in it. You get to choose, we all get to choose, and the beautiful part about that is we get to keep learning from each other as we walk our path. I can learn from every person, we can learn from each other, and we can encourage each other to find our most beautiful self. Questions, when we ask them, require us to think, and they require us to choose if we are interested at all. Sometimes people run away from questions, but sooner or later, we will be faced with having to answer a question again. So if we ignore them, that only takes us to more difficult questions later. But to answer the question, to step into it, takes us further on our quest to know who we are, to know the beauty of life, to know how wonderful it can be when we step into our own life purpose and become who we are, and to feel so beautiful in that and creative in that and connected in that. So today, I'm talking about overcoming the feelings of aloneness. Today will be part one, and next week will be part two, is the way it looks like I have it planned right now. So how do we overcome the feeling of being separated, being alone? Being and feeling separate and feeling alone is the human experience far too often. Far too often than we'd like to talk about. Far too often than we'd like to think about. But feeling alone, feeling separate, feeling isolated, sometimes feeling left behind, all of these issues come to every single human being. Sooner or later, we have to ask ourselves, why? Why am I feeling this? What is it? What does it mean? Both, what is it to feel alone and what does it mean to feel alone? What is it to be separate and why do we feel that way? Part of it, as we'll see unfolding in today's show and next time, is that we tend to answer most of our life questions by relating to a physical world. 
We live in a three-dimensional world. You've heard me talk about that many times, where we reach out and touch things. We reach out, we touch people. We see the trees, the sky. We see everything around us in terms of the three-dimensional physical beings. But there's more. There's much more. We are so used to defining ourselves as physical only that we don't understand the beautiful dimensions in the realms where we connect with each other at a much deeper level than just physical. So, what does it mean to be separate? What does it mean to be alone? What do we catch ourselves doing to cope with that feeling of being separate and alone? What do we catch ourselves doing to try to forget that we're alone or forget that we feel alone? What do we do to catch ourselves (laughs) trying to take charge of life, trying to change things, trying to make sense of it all. That's what this show today and next week is all about. Join me as we explore the separation phenomenon, as I call it. The idea that we are separate is only waiting for us to overcome it. The feeling of separation awaits our stepping into a whole new dimension and redefining who we are, redefining what it means to be alive. So grab a pencil and paper and be ready to answer some questions. Write them down, whatever resonates with you, and then take time to think those answers through. You choose the answers that fit you. You choose what actions you will take. As we explore this whole idea of being separate, what are we waiting for? What is it we needing to find? And so many times we really don't know what it is that we're trying to find. So picture yourself sitting in a room. You're alone. No one else is there. But my question for you is, are you really alone? Is aloneness based on a physical situation only, or is there more? Why do we call our, or feel like we're alone and call it, call it separation or aloneness just because nobody else is physically present or because we can't see anybody right now? Some people feel most alone in the room full of people. Have you ever wondered why that might be? We've all had that experience, a big crowd at some meeting or some gathering somewhere, or maybe we're in a restaurant or who knows where. People all over the place. And yet, we feel alone. Why is that? Some people feel alone even in a relationship. Most of us know what that's like. I've certainly experienced that. And I think there's probably nothing more sad for the human being than to be in a relationship where we're needing to be with somebody, needing somebody to care for us, and we care for them. And yet, in the midst of that relationship, we still feel alone. Why is that? I'm going to try to answer that question for you uh, this week and next week. What does alone mean to you? What does not alone mean to you? Have you ever answered those questions clearly? I would encourage you to write that down and answer that for yourself as soon as you can. When you feel alone, what do you do to overcome it? What do you do to fight it and push it back or struggle with it? How do we handle feeling alone? Some people run off to the bar and 
there, oh, sure, we'll find a lot of other people maybe. But are those people there, you know, eating, drinking, being, uh, being merry, whatever, uh, maybe having a two or three drinks too many, are they really not alone? Or have they just covered up the aloneness with alcohol? No, the bar is not the answer for being alone. Well, maybe we go off to some sporting event. Ah, that's it. We gather around with all of our friends and those that are cheering for our team. And wow, we get ready to jump up and down and shout and all these kind of things. And then our team loses. Then what? So does really going to a sporting event make us anything but temporarily acting sort of silly, jumping up and down and cheering, and for what? Do we feel less alone if our team wins? Is that really the issue? Some people go to church to feel less alone. And I think that's one of the really sorry energies behind the megachurches today. The more people there are in this massive building, the less they feel alone. Well, I'm sorry. That just doesn't work. Dogma and theology and all that stuff, rock bands and and sermons about whatever it might be to make you try to feel good, that is not the cure for being alone either. So many people go to church and sit there and they feel more alone than ever. Many times because the message is about being separate from some God up in the sky and the need to handle that and deal with that. But where is the message that helps us connect to each other? Where is the message that helps us connect to the real divine energies, not the angry male punishing God up in the sky that doesn't exist? So sometimes if we feel alone, we say, well, okay, I'm going to give somebody a call. And so we call and somebody answers and, ah, we feel good talking to somebody, uh, sharing with them, laughing with them, whatever. And it does help to not feel alone that way. But is there more happening right there than just a conversation? Some people say, well, I feel all alone, so, gee, I need a sexual partner. What does a physical experience have to do with not being alone? Is it only when we touch someone or being touched by someone? Is that the only answer to being alone? No, no, it's not. Temporarily, a sexual connection can meet some needs, absolutely, and it's beautiful and wonderful. And then we need more and more and more and more, and then what? Does a sexual connection cure aloneness. No, it doesn't. Temporarily feels great, wonderful to connect. But beyond that, what is separation? What is connection? Some people think that just because they're with somebody or surrounded by lots of people that they're not alone. But I ask you to answer that question for yourself. Does it work? Why or why not? If you join a group, become a member of some group, Does that ensure that you won't be alone? But yet we know that we can't be with that group 24-7. Then what? If we can't be, does it feel good to not be alone tonight, but then the group is not there tomorrow, and then I feel all alone again? What is going on within us when aloneness and separation comes and goes and comes and goes? It's here and it's gone. Then what? Joining a group is never a cure for separation. Joining a group is never the cure for being alone. 
we feel alone until the group gets back together and then it parts again. So what is the cure? What is the cure for being alone? What is the cure for feeling separate? We're getting to that. There's a lot more to cover before we actually start talking about that. So I would ask you, while you have your pen and paper, or as soon as you can, write down the word separate, and then write your definition. Don't look it up in a dictionary or anything like that. You write down your definition of what separate means or what separation means. Then write down another word, connected, and write out your definition for what is it that we feel or what does it mean to be connected to somebody else. And then another word, oneness. Write that word down and write your definition. What does it mean? What is it like to feel one with another person? To feel one with several other people? And how do these issues affect us day by day? Because each morning we get up, and whether we're with a partner or not, or whether we're by ourselves, no matter what the day holds, we are going to face the feeling we carry it with us 24-7. Are we connected or are we alone? Do we know the experience of being one with others or do we just cover it over with a few jokes and a drink or two or this or that and on we go hoping that somehow we won't feel alone anymore? Are these just physical experiences? The separation, the connection, the oneness? Are they just physical or is there more to that? What could possibly be the deeper issues? And from where does the awareness of separation come? From who does the awareness of separation come? What are those deeper issues? That's what we're getting at today. The idea of separation can come from many different places. Usually it comes from hearing what other people say or think or believe. And so who would it be? that could be telling us what does separation mean and why are we aware of that. Usually it's somebody that feels separate and alone themselves. So what can we do about that? We can sit down and begin to define who we are. The truth is that we've been told by other people more about what separation feels like and, and ought to be like than any other source. We'll get to a list of that in just a minute, but right now, it's time for a break. I'll be right back with you. Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian, Healing the Shame and Fear from Man-Made Theology. That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on thedivineiswithinus.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles, and you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today. 
Jim Stacy's first book, Liberating Jesus from Christianity, Healing from the Fear and Shame of Religious Dogma, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. Discover that you are a part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the words hell or sin. Liberating Jesus from Christianity. Available right now on Amazon.com. You are listening to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to the divine is within us at gmail.com. Again, that's the divine is within us at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Here again is Jim Stacy. So let's go deeper into this idea of separation. What does it mean to not be connected? And why do we feel that? Let me give you just a clue right now, and we'll develop it further later. Feeling separate and alone, when we as human beings who are so used to living in a physical world where we reach out and touch things, we touch someone else, we shake hands or get a hug or whatever, we feel less alone. But why does a physical sensation become what we seek instead of something deeper? The physical is great. We all need hugs. We all need to, to be cared for and loved and feel that physical connection with people. We need that, and yet that comes and goes. I'm going to be talking to you later today and next week about what can come to us, what we can experience, and it will never go away. We can have it 24-7. Yes, we can never feel alone or separate again if we step into a spiritual practice that we'll be talking about a bit later. So, the truth is, we have been told that we are, number one, you're separate. Nobody else is, you know, cares. You're, you're alone. You're not connected to anybody. And you're less than. Even as you look around you, just be sure that you know that you aren't as good as somebody else. How many times have we heard that silly message? Or the message of, well, you're just not quite big enough. You're, not, you're just too small. You can't quite handle it. Maybe the phrase we've all heard, we're just not good enough. Oh, there's nothing that makes us feel separate as to feel not good enough. Or the statement, you'll never, and you fill in the blank. We've all been told that as kids and even as adults. Or you can't, and we fill in the blank again. Or shame on you. Wow, now that makes us feel separate. But what is shame? What is shame but the fabrication of a small mind and a small heart or coming from the energies of a person that is so twisted inside that they have to project their shame onto somebody else? I'm telling you, I'm insulated from that these days, have been for a long time. Somebody says, shame on you. I look them straight in the eye and I said, who are you to tell me that? Are you looking in a mirror? Do you feel shame and so you have to say that to me? Oh, you ought to see the look on their face. I don't do that very often, but when somebody's being sort of on the nasty side, I always say, hmm, let me hold up another mirror for you. Are you seeing? Do you really see yourself in the mirror? You're not really seeing somebody else. So don't say shame on you. Go look at yourself, my friend. That's where the need is. 
or you're bad. <laughs> One of the famous lines of, of religion, of the, and especially the you know the Christian church. You're sinful, you're wicked, you're bad, and on and on the story goes. But we who have seen all this and we have come to the, believe certain dogma, we're not separate because we're on our way to heaven. Well, I'm sorry, but that's all theology. It doesn't make any sense, and I can prove it. I have many times, and you've heard me talk about it in other shows. But all of these lies about being too small, you can't, or shame on you, they make us feel separate only when we believe them. Let me say that again. We only feel the separation when we believe the lies we're being told. That's why I look people right in the eye and say, I will not take that. No, my boundaries are strong enough. You will not penetrate my boundaries with your own accusations that are reflections of you. So they don't quite know what to do about that, but that's okay. I just say, I'm not going to believe your lies. Most people shrink away because they don't know how to handle it. I will not put shame on any person. I will not. I held that for too many decades as I grew up. No, I will not believe the lies any longer because I know better. So how do we get to that place where we know better? Well, that is the key. The source of all these lies can all be traced to different forms of religion in one form or another. It can be traced to those who not only have believed those lies themselves, but they have embodied those lies. They believe it's true. They see themselves in a negative light, but they try to overcome it with beliefs and dogma. No, I'm sorry, but to embody the lies and pass them on does not make you feel any better. Shame brings more shame. Smallness brings more smallness. Fear always brings more fear. The rules of religion are the shoulds and the should nots, and they're all designed to keep us from being our most beautiful self. In fact, you talk to some people about finding our most beautiful self and being our most magnificent self, and they sort of laugh like, how in the world can you talk like that? Basically, we're all bad. We just hope that somehow we're going to make it to, oh, oh, really? Make it to where? Well, they have a lot of learning to do. I don't have to make it anywhere. All my work is right here. My work is right now deep inside myself. And when I do my work, I never have to tell anybody else that they're less than. When I know that I have gained the insights to where I live 24-7 beyond the feelings of separateness and aloneness, my friends, that is an experience. It's not just something that can come and go. I need to practice, yes. I need to focus on, we'll be getting to those things too later, how to stay in that energy. But we have all faced the temptations to believe the lies. So beyond religion, our life is waiting. Beyond religion, the religion that has taught us that we are not something, what if? Somebody came along and told us, you know what? There's no such thing as separation. What if we'd been told that all of our lives? What if we'd been taught that we're never separate, that we're never less than? What if someone had taught us from a childhood on up that we are not unable? We are powerful and able far more than people want to realize. 
It's the small person that wants to keep others small. What if we had been taught that we are far more worthy than we've ever believed? Some say we've not been, we're not worthy of a deep connection. Oh, and who says so? Just those who have never experienced it? Yes, that's exactly right. So what if we had been lovingly and consciously shown as a, a child how to connect with others? Lovingly and consciously shown how to love and lovingly shown how to be loved, how to accept love, how to know that we deserve that, how we can embody the courage to step into the experience of who we are. What if we've been taught far more than the lies of separation? And beyond all of that, what is the experience for us, the experience that awaits us? To experience connection beyond the physical realm, to experience connection beyond this three-dimensional experience. The physical feelings never cure the longing for connection because the deepest connection is not physical. Let me say that again. The deepest connection deep inside of us, a feeling not separate, a feeling connected and feeling to oneness, that is never just physical. It's beyond that. We are temporarily human beings here in the physical form on a physical planet. And what are we doing with this physical experience? But we are more than just physical. You've heard me talk so many times about the energies of the divine within us. And again, I would say to you, my friends, those who are listening today, you are the divine in human form. You are. I've experienced that more and more. I've got a lot of work to do. I've got a lot of learning to do. But I just had a, a note sent to me just last week. Someone who had read uh, the, the book Liberating Jesus from Christianity and has been on a, a path of exploring since he first started hearing my, this radio show. And he sent me a, one of the most beautiful messages I've ever had. He said, Jim, thank you for having the courage to speak the truth. He said, I'm feeling it, I'm learning, and I'm growing. And I said, wow, you know, what else could I ask for but the beauty and the power of encouraging others to really change and grow and be beyond anything they've been yet? Wow, now that makes me feel absolutely wonderful. So, what if someone had told us that we can learn to live above and beyond the physical experience only? What if someone had told us that the false connections uh, on this planet, yes, we, can, we experience that, but we can choose the real ones. The false connections are real at times, but there's a deeper reality beyond them. False connections are those, simple, those surface things that we uh, you know, temporarily just sort of think, oh, I'll do this and it'll go away, as we talked about a few minutes ago. But we can choose real, deep inner connection, real, deep inner peace. And we can feel the energies of connection 24-7, whether we're all alone in some place or whether we're with a thousand people. The energies that we experience in the physical body is what we can, what can, we, all, we can all use rather to take us to what is more and what is lasting. Yes, we need to feel what we feel. 
own what we feel, honor what we feel. And we can say, okay, I'm feeling alone. I feel a separation, but I'm going to overcome it. But how? Stay with me. We're going to keep learning. So let me ask you this. What does it mean to feel or to be alive? What does it mean to feel life? And as Joseph Campbell has said, what is the experience of beyond just thinking we understand the meaning of life to living in that energy of fully being alive? What does it mean to be fully alive? What is that feeling of aliveness? What is that feeling that comes deep within and we say, wow, I feel it. I'm alive, I'm, I'm happy, I'm delighted, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm you know, laughing and, and playing and, and having a great time. What is the feeling of being alive? Time for another break. I'll be right back with you. Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian, Healing the Shame and Fear from Man-Made Theology. That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on thedivineiswithinus.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles. And you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today. Jim Stacy's first book, Liberating Jesus from Christianity, Healing from the Fear and Shame of Religious Dogma, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. Discover that you are a part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the words hell or sin. Liberating Jesus from Christianity. Available right now on Amazon.com. You are listening to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to the divine is within us at gmail.com. Again, that's the divine is within us at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Here again is Jim Stacy. So, what is that feeling of being fully alive? Wow. We might all have different definitions for it, different experiences to relate to, and each of those are wonderful. That is the quest for the human being, not just to be here in physical isolation, but to live to the fullest. The more we find our purpose for being here, the more we find the beauty of expressing who we are and find that that's something that other people appreciate, when your expression of you is something that other people appreciate and find help from, find encouragement from, wow, and you can do that. You can do that not with just your closest friends. You can be the kind of person that shares what it is to be fully alive. Or are we satisfied? So so often has happened to us. Satisfied to just exist as a physical human being. Will we not settle for less than being fully alive? Why would we do that? So I'm going to ask you another question. You know, I'm full of questions sometimes. (laughs) As I said at the beginning, questions are important. 
The question is this, when do you feel most alive? Have you ever asked yourself that? Oh my, so many times it's, we, we feel so much alive when we're being creative. It's probably one of the best ex- human experiences ever. Whether we're singing a song, writing a song, playing an instrument, whether we're talking on the radio, <laughs> whether we're writing a book, whether we're creating something, a painting, something beautiful, something that's, that's an expression of our deepest self. Wow, we do feel more alive there many times than most any other time. When do you feel most alive? Doing something for somebody else? Doing something that brings healing and adventure and help to other people? Have you ever passed out food to to the hungry? Have you ever given money to the homeless person on the street corner? I had that experience just about a half an hour ago before I got to the studio, and I wasn't sure. You know, you're never sure the energies of the person, or the people that are say they're homeless and all. But, you know, I decided one day, when I feel inside myself I need to give them something, I do. And once I give them some money, I'm not responsible for how they spend it. I'm responsible for sharing. And it helps me to feel more fully alive when I know I create something that is helping other people to feel good, whatever that might be. Do you feel most alive when you're uh, sharing something? Do you feel most alive when you're leading something, coaching maybe a, a ball game? Do you feel most alive when you're cooperating with others and accomplishing a goal, encouraging others? Do you feel more alive when you're loving someone, when you're caring for someone? How about when you're eating your favorite meal at a restaurant? Do you feel alive then? We can feel alive in all those situations. Maybe we're flying an airplane. Maybe we're (laughs) jumping off a cliff. I just saw on Facebook uh, earlier today, these people with these man-made outfits, uh, they jump off the highest cliff, spread their arms and their legs, and they actually fly through the air. (laughs) I say, oh, my goodness. I'm not sure that would make me feel alive, but maybe it does for them. So you add to the list, what is it that makes you feel most alive? You deserve that. For most of us, going to work, punching the clock, spending time to earn money, for most of us, that isn't the most alive experience. But in this capitalist society, that's what we really find ourselves having to do. We have to earn money, and we have to spend money. But I'm telling you, whatever your job is, if you're fully alive at your, at your work, you found something important. Do it. Be it. May we all find a job that we don't need a vacation from, as <laughs> someone said. So how do you feel? Where do you feel most alive is the next question. At home? At work? Flying? <laughs> driving? Fishing? Reading? Solving a problem? Golfing? Hmm. Why there? Oh, you stand on the golf course and you hit that magnificent drive and it sails straight down the fairway and, wow, that feels good. Does that make you feel alive? Sure it can. And when the next shot goes into the water, well, we can still feel alive then too. We just learn from our mistakes. So anyway, beyond whatever it is, that makes you feel most alive and where you feel most alive, my question to you is this. Why 
are you here on planet Earth? Why did you come? Do you remember? Why did you come now, at this point in history? we got some crazy things going on on this planet these days. Some of the craziest things that I've ever seen in 70 years or so. <laughs> it's it's, it's you know, beyond imagination sometimes of things that people are doing and saying. But why did you come right now to live where you are right now at the age you are in the midst of this energy? What is your purpose for being here? Oh, the more we find that purpose, the more alive we feel. The more we find that purpose, the more we know that our accomplishments are valuable. Beyond eat, drink, and be merry, we know when we know our purpose, and the more we step into it, we know what it is to be fully alive. You can become a billionaire and live in greed and smallness if you want, but I guarantee you that most billionaires don't feel fully alive or they wouldn't be grabbing for their next billion. They wouldn't be figuring out how to ship more jobs overseas so that the people could be more uh, you know, pressured to, to stay in the job they're in for less money than they've had because they don't want to lose it. <laughs> well, I won't go any further with that today. But why have you come to the planet? Why are you here now? I guarantee you, you sat down with the divine itself before you came here and you laid out a plan. I'm convinced this is absolutely true. The depths of the Aramaic that Yeshua taught reveal this very clearly. We sat down. We made a plan. Do you remember why you came? What did you come to learn? What did you come to experience? What did you come to contribute? What did you come to do and to be here now on the planet? I guarantee you, you won't find this on Google. <laughs> Don't even try, of course. But my question is this. What if the whole purpose in your coming to the earth as an individual human right now in physical form, what if your whole purpose in that is to experience that you are neither separate nor alone on this human journey? What if we have come to know by experience who we truly are. What if that's why we're here? Or what if we've come here to experience that we are not separate so we can remember who we truly are, the divine in human form? What if we've come to find out by experience that there is no such thing as separation? Wow. My friends, it's true. And I wouldn't know this had I not been through it. I know this is true. I have come. Part of my reason is to help other people awaken and to learn. But I had to do it first. I had to go through years and years of torment and pain and whatever. But I had to learn. And so many times, the beauty and the pain, the beauty and the, in the experiences are what we learn and then what we share. As I've been talking about on the hero's journey, uh, several shows in the, in the last few weeks, and I'll get back to that soon. But <laughs> the hero's journey of departing, awakening, and returning. What if we have come here to be far more than we have ever dreamed of before? What if every life crisis or every difficulty in life was just an opportunity to see and to choose instead of 
slipping into anger or blame. What if? Oh, there are so many what ifs. We never ever just attach ourselves to one what if. Somebody might ask, well, what if this? I say, well, what if it isn't true? (laughs) What if the opposite of that is true? I always try to ask the most what ifs that I possibly can. Yes, there's a mystery to this thing we call life. A mystery that few voices have been able to tell us about. But what is that mystery? What is hidden? There's a beauty in mystery. If it was so clear and plain it was obvious, it wouldn't be any fun anyway. (laughs) But what is the mystery? What is behind the mask of the unknown? Are we willing to step into the unknown? Are we willing to live in the question? Oh my, in this society of ours, we have to have everything figured out. We have to say, oh, that's the answer there, or that's the answer, or this or that. Why do we have to be so sure? Oh, I spent the last two weeks wandering out in the deserts of of Arizona, in a place where I hope to build a home someday. And the the canyons and the rocks and the massive granite boulders and the, the trees and the rattlesnakes and everything else. I wonder, and I ask the question, hmm, is this true or is that true? I wonder as I wander about. I wonder, what could I learn more about this as I wander about the beautiful desert? The wondering as I wander is one of the keys for me to the beauty of life. That mystery that has been hidden by those who have never experienced it. Those that tell you there is no mystery, just nothing but this answer and this answer and this answer, (laughs) believe me, they are the ones that don't know. I experienced that in the church. Everybody was so certain of their beliefs. I said, wait a minute. A belief is not true necessarily. A belief is just something you believe. A belief is something you hope for. A belief is not a fact. When you know something, you know it. If you don't know it, you have to say, I believe it. So I challenge every belief. Let's go beyond belief. Let's go to knowing. But the goal of Western religion has always been to hide that mystery. Hide the mystery. And that mystery yet is the quest what we are here to find. I'll be right back after this break. Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian, Healing the Shame and Fear from Man-Made Theology. That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on thedivineiswithinus.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles, and you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today. Jim Stacy's first book, Liberating Jesus from Christianity, Healing from the Fear and Shame of Religious Dogma, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. Discover that you are a part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the words hell or sin. Liberating Jesus from Christianity. Available right now on Amazon.com. 
You are listening to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to thedivineiswithinus at gmail.com. Again, that's thedivineiswithinus at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Here again is Jim Stacy. So the mystery, the mystery of what life is all about. As I said a few minutes ago, what if? The biggest mystery is the uncovering of your purpose for being here. What if the biggest mystery is to come here alone to realize that you're not alone? We have to learn to define oneness beyond just the physical senses. And so, let's go back just a bit. As I was talking about before the break, the errors, the shortfall of the religious mind. The religious mind that's taught separation is real and smallness and shame and all that stuff. Let me say this very clearly, and I've been there, and you know that from all that I've shared in past shows, but I know that there is no transcendence in religion. Transcendence is that beautiful experience of being fully alive, that full, uh, deep inside experience of, that life is full of wonder and magic and, and it's beautiful and I'm stepping into it more and more and growing into it, that transcendence that we can experience where we're living above the level of common ordinary life in this society. There's no transcendence in religion, just stuffy, bored dogma that keeps you small. There's no sameness. There's no we are one in religion, but they teach the separation, and you'd better be very afraid. (laughs) Nonsense, I say. There's no such thing as divine connection in religion. Just rules and regulations and blah, blah, blah. You believe this, you believe that, you do this, you do that. You're all fine, you're okay, because why? Because we say so. (laughs) No, just dogma that sounds good is all they have. But dogma is never an experience. It is only a belief in the head. Dogma is always submission to higher spiritual authority. But my friends, there's no such thing as spiritual authority. Let me say that again. There is no such thing as spiritual authority. Just men, mostly men, who have stuffed ideas in their head and say, I'm an authority, believe me, blah, blah, blah. No, thank you. You go convince somebody else you're an authority because I know you're not. There's no such thing except you. You are your own spiritual authority. Does that sound interesting? (laughs) It did to me when I first heard it. I said, how can I be? But I've learned. I have learned that, yes, it's true. I get to choose. Nobody tells me what to choose. I make mistakes, and I choose again. I learn from my mistakes. One show I did a a few months ago was Dancing in the Delights of Our Imperfections. Yes, we get to do that. We get to celebrate every mistake we make, and then we learn to make a better choice. Dogma is aloneness and fear. Dogma is obedience to man. It's inferiority. It's some fake kind of a relationship to a a man-made deity somewhere. And dogma is just simply being controlled by ignorant men. Dogma is alienation and estrangement. Yet the path of the spiritual mystics always validates the divine within us. 
the mystics in Christianity, the mystics in Judaism, the mystics in Islam, all three talk about the beauty and the power and the, my, the mystery of knowing that we have the divine within us. The experience of being fully human and fully alive, yes, right now, in human form, we can experience it all. I've gotten to the place where I don't really care much about sporting events. I watch some here and there, but I used to be so avidly involved. And Man, I could, I could cheer as silly as anybody else and act as stupid as anybody else, wanting my team to win. And then my team would lose, and I felt bad. <laughs> but then I began to learn about the mystics and the mystery and the beauty of the, the divine energy that's always love, it's always delight, The divine energy is always healing. It's always peaceful. It's always encouraging me to know more. The mystics in all the religions have taught the experience of mystery. The mystics have taught the experience of mystery. The experience of awe. The experience of wonder. The experience of the unknown. The experience that goes beyond just faith. So many times we are afraid of the unknown. And why would that be? Because we haven't experienced it yet, obviously. But why do we fear what we don't know? Sometimes the most beautiful things that we could never expected show up as the unknown. And sometimes the pain and the suffering. I've been working with that personally even the last few weeks in a new way, a deeper way. And I had to come to the conclusion deep inside myself that yes, yes, the unknown is scary at times, but if I'm going to pass the test of the hero on his journey that I've been talking about, the hero that has departed and left home and is in an initiation process so we can come back and have a message that encourages other people, I need to step into the unknown. And I've been doing that. As I say, spending time out on these massive granite boulders in in the high desert grasslands of of Arizona. And I've came to the the conclusion again just in the last week and a half. Yes, I will step into the unknown. I will step into it with the mystery and with expectation and with delight. Okay, so something painful comes along. And I'm going through that too right now. And yet... I don't know the answer to this issue. I don't know what's going to happen. But I have to say, the divine mystery, the divine connection within, says, no matter what, this world is temporary and we will pass through it. No matter what, there's more. And I'm determined to go through every experience that comes to me, known or unknown, painful or not, I choose to know, not just believe. So what do you think it would feel like to experience the divine within you? I've talked about that on the show, and I'll be talking about it more. Not just today, which the show is almost over for for now, but we'll talk about it again next week. What would it be like to experience the divine within you? In Western religion, the divine is not in you. They're lying. I'm telling you they're lying because they don't know. They deny what Jesus or what Yeshua taught. We are not just a piece of the divine here on earth. 
We're not just a piece of something. We are it. We are the divine in human form. When we feel feelings of love, where do they come from? When we feel the feelings of connection, where do they come from? When we feel the feelings of reaching out to help and support and encourage somebody else, where does that come from? That and so much more comes from who we really are, the divine itself. You are love. You are healing. You are nurturing. You are compassion. You are, my friends, you are all of that. We just need to let it come out. We need to let those things come through, to sneak around behind all of the barriers of, of the fears and all the things, the feelings of being alone. And we say, okay, I'm going to know this. I want to know. So you want to know the, what it feels like for the divine to be in you? Go out and love somebody. Go out and be loving and kind to somebody you don't even know. And you begin to feel something even different than ever before. Just be an expression of love and a compassion. Be, an, be the expression of nurturing and healing and including everyone. Be that expression. The more we choose to be that simply means we're allowing the divine energies that we are, we're allowing them to come through and be more dominant, more important, more in focus than the old feelings of separation and aloneness and fear. We are the divine in human form. Smaller, yes, that's true, but only temporarily until we go back home. We are it. You are it. That energy is you. And the divine, remember, has no physical form. It's spiritual energy. It's the energy deep inside. It's all energy. So you want to feel the divine? Be loving. This is how we initially start overcoming separation and aloneness. And we're going to continue this next time. But just remember for today that there's so much more to explore. There's so much more to know. There's so much more than we have ever experienced. My friends, you can be all that you are and more. You can be far more than you've ever dreamed of. You are magnificent, and there's far more beauty to you than you've yet allowed to come through. We'll go further with this next time. Right now, this is Jim Stacy. Beyond Religion, your life is waiting. It's waiting for you to choose. Thank you for tuning in to the program today. Please join Jim Stacy for another edition of Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting, next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. This week, let the divine work for you and with you. You're bound to experience a new life. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. 
visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.